Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show. This week we are looking at not all investments being the same. We go through a lot of different stages in our life and what may work for us when we're younger doesn't necessarily work for us when we're older. Plus, of course, there's utility as your needs change. Plenty to unpack in this session and I'll look forward to seeing you in the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my offsider and co-host, Mitchell Laurentiel. Pleasure to be with you, Mr. Baxter, and we've got fun episode installed today. We're going to go car shopping. Oh, I love that. <laughs> However, we're going to relate this to an investment landscape and talk about stages of life. Just like buying a car when you're single or married or with kids, so too does your investment have to shift in much the same way. Hmm. True enough. And uh, I guess yesterday I had a really interesting conversation. Uh, I got to speak to a prospective client that was uh, looking to come in the door and Really interesting, very frustrating, very sad state of affairs, in all fairness. She's 62, low-risk investor, and she's got two or three sources of information. One's a short-term trader, somebody else is a financial planner, and another one is a really long-term uh, investment management type mandate. And, and the conversation I had with her, I said, the, the, the difficulty you're going to have in terms of being able to make the right decision is like you're sitting in a room at the moment with three TV sets all playing different channels. You're not going to be able to follow any of them with any level of clarity and likely just find yourself in a position of indecision, which is exactly exactly where she is. And I tried, and, and what really hit at home, she was talking about some of the stocks she's got in her portfolio. She said, oh, I bought some of this the other day. And it's like, oh my gosh, why why would you, having told me you're 62, you're a low risk investor, what on earth are you doing adding that to your portfolio? And it's a real inconsistency. And, and it struck me in the story I used to explain the journey of investing and where you should be in markets. I guess it'll form a little bit of the backbone today. I'll see if I can get a bit of utility out of my conversation yesterday. That'd be awesome. Incredible conversation. And again, you know, a lot of people out there are in that position where they're listening to a variety of different sources. And it does start to make it very confusing and very, very hard to make a, a decision. So I love that linear, go to one place that you can really trust and rely and, and, and follow that process all the way through. And that's how you make good, clear, high quality decisions. And, and we'll get this straight, I guess, on the record from the get go. It's not most people's fault because they've never done this before or they haven't had the proper guidance. So understanding where to listen to or who to is mm. actually probably the hardest task, right? It is. And as human beings, we're conditioned, you know, get a second, third, fourth opinion, ask around, see what you think. And these days, you know, getting online and asking around is Google and all of a sudden you've really opened Pandora's box. So you've got to get yourself across the line due diligence wise, work out that you're working with someone that you can do business with and you just got to go with that decision. Nice. Mm. Well, to jump straight into things, AB, let's talk about stages of life mm. and we'll use cars as a good little proxy and as an example, have some fun with this one. <laughs> so. Stages of life, let's say you are similar to me. So young in your 20s, you're just starting out. What are you looking at going and buying from the car yard? Well, I think you know, rather like investing, when, when, when you're getting ready to start, any car will do. You just want something that's going to get you from A to B. It doesn't matter what it is, as long as it moves uh, and it's got a loud stereo in it, then that's- What did you have? What was your first car? <laughs> My first car was, it was called a Mini Metro. It was that, it was that small, I had to zip it around me when I got in, it was, uh, it was pretty small. Um, what about yourself? 2002 Honda CRV Sport. It had cruise control and heated seats though. Goodness me. Got yeah. some good use out of that. I bet you did. And we'll know that heated seats in Queensland, that's- uh, Winter, up on the hill, look out with a nice date, heated seats did the trick. Mm. 
we will cover that off shortly, I'm sure. I'll have to think about that. So, you know, as I say, when you're starting out, any car will do. And I think for somebody that's uh, that's in the investing space, I want to get started in investing almost to the point where any investment will do. You know, it could be crypto, Forex, could be futures, could be CFDs, could be shares. And there's no real, uh, or a property for that matter. And it doesn't really matter what it is as long as you kind of get started and then you, you're on that journey. Always easier to keep moving once you've started than be getting ready to start. And I think if we take the car example, you work out fairly quickly that any car won't do because reliability is probably something that's fairly important to you. And if you bought an old junker like I had, um, you know, it's not that reliable and all of a sudden it doesn't get you from A to B. Uh, and so you need to switch out into something that's a little bit more reliable. Now, chances are you've got a little bit more money because you're a little bit older. And so you might look to buy something that perhaps is a safer play having wanted to discard the bad experience of uh, the junker. And in just the same way with Investing, if you've jumped in, uh, you know, boots and all, uh, without really doing any kind of research and just knowing you need to start investing. And look, there's not a criticism. I'm always happy to see people start investing. Better to start than not. Um, once you're in, it's time to modify that message, just like the car. So, you know, you might get rid of some of the really speculative assets that you might have and settle things down into something that's a little bit more reliable. Um, you know, crypto has been a really good example of that recently, uh, where, you know, it's been incredibly volatile, more to the downside. And it's seen, you know, the, 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 the millennials that have been looking at getting into it or being in it start to wash their hands and move into other things. Just had that conversation this morning with my barista, uh, Mr. Crypto himself, who's starting now to move into NFTs. He said, you know anything about NFTs? And I, I referred him back to uh, the interview we did with uh, Eric Puglia a few months ago, who, who's basically the creator of NFTs. So, Crazy. Yeah, that's in this podcast series for anyone that's interested. So, you know, second step, not just any car, but something that's going to be a little bit more reliable. Same with investing, not just any investment, but maybe something that gives you a little bit more reliability. And we can talk about this in the property market as well. Mm. You're buying your first house, you're buying where you can afford. Now, mm. that may or may not be in the safest suburb based mm. on affordability. So you get some more money behind it, it, some more education. You've hit the nail on the head. It's a price driven decision. It's what you can afford, uh, and, and, and it's a crucial decision. And again, this by no means is a beat up of anybody for being in the wrong asset. Any place is a great place to start because you have started as opposed to somebody that's sitting on the couch waiting to start. So good place to go. Next thing, you go in, um, you got something reliable, and then I guess you get a little bit more money, and then you start to go, okay, this is a bit, I need to spread out into something that's a little bit more colorful than where I'm at, but not the crazy stuff I used to do. If we use that from a car terminology, I suppose, and. I guess I've got to apologise to our female listeners. I can only look at this through through male lenses, uh, being a bloke. This but, is going to be good. Um, yeah, I remember sort of some of my um, car decisions were more orientated about being a bachelor and having having a support tool for one of better description. What cars um, were they? Just out of interest for our viewers here. Yeah, I've done a few in that space. Um, did the Aston Martin, Ferrari, been down that pathway a few nice. different times. Always two two door. And uh, in the large part, two seat as well, yeah. So very much a bachelor's Outcome car. driven. Outcome driven, as I say, maybe my dating game was really, really lame and I needed something to uh, prop, it up. prop it up a little bit, who knows. Um, and in the same way, you know, as an investor, you might've you know, started, got a few shares and then maybe something like Afterpay comes along and you go, look, this has got a little bit more in interest and spice to it, but it's, you know, it's an ASX listed stock. It's a you know, top 50 company. Uh, maybe I have a bit of a bash at that and, uh, and that's that facet of life. And I think to understand that there's an element of risk appetite still. Uh, you're still young enough where uh, you, you like to have some level of risk and excitement in your life. You've not got to the stage where you've gone over the over the bridge. And this is something within the financial planning space. You know, we're constantly with our clients in that that sort of domain, uh, doing 
fact finds and risk management uh, surveys because people's attitude to risk does change over time uh, and consequently the advice that you provide if it's personal advice needs to update and, and, and reflect that. So this notion that risks and, and, and things like that, you know, you want a fast car, maybe red, if it's Ferrari, it's got to be red, I suppose. <laughs> red or blue, they're the only two acceptable colours. Um, and uh, you, you do that and, and, and you accept the fact that the risk is, uh, yeah, it's pretty expensive and, and, and you're probably going to lose your licence at some point if you're a fool and you're showing off in it. And, and actually, just in case it's anyone else's aspiration to have one of those, neither of those brands, I hope I don't get sued for saying this, they're not renowned for their reliability. I'll just leave it there. Well, that, that's kind of the, the next point I'd like to flesh out. It's outcome driven that you're making a decision on, right? Mm. And investing is the same. However, you have to be prepared to take the punches in the face because yes, you can go out and spend, you know, three, 400,000 on an Aston Martin, but you have to be prepared to outlay five or six grand every time it breaks down. Yeah, two clutches. I think I'll put through mine in, uh, in about 10,000 kilometers, and that's not a reflection on my driving, I might add. But well, uh, there maybe you it go. Is. But, and, uh, and same as if you bought Afterpay, yeah. you, you know that you know there's maybe a good outcome down the yeah. line, but you have to be prepared to accept the volatility, right? Absolutely. You don't get the rainbow without the storm. So, yeah, that's the thing that goes alongside it. So you've got something that looks good, uh, the reliability from a car perspective, and indeed the functionality. Uh, you know, there's no place to put your luggage, but then you don't really need a lot of luggage. You're a bachelor, so you've probably got a wet pack for your overnight that's prospect it. and that's about the extent of it so you know i mean that, that that's that chapter of life and that's investing in in that space and i guess you know the move out of there is that okay let's go back to reliability again and and, and maybe you've got a little bit more asset behind you or if you bought an exotic car then you obviously have um and in the investing space maybe the, the the slower moving more dependable stuff or maybe the stuff that's had a little bit of spice to it has performed for you and it's time to uh, to branch out and, and and you get something that's maybe reliable but still has that level of exotic about it and has a bit of common sense. And I, I know when I met my wife, if I was in one of my previous cars, she would not have had a bar of me because she would have looked at me and, and probably had a fairly accurate diagnosis of who I was at that particular chapter. So I went down the same route. I mean, I, I went that German, reliable, two-door, sporty, Happy BMW, days. Mercedes? Uh, yeah, BMW in my case. Uh, nice. And, uh, and you're, what are you rolling at the moment? Two-door Mercedes for me, sports car. But I, I'm in sort of early chapters. Yeah, any room for kid seats in the back? No yet? kid seats, no <laughs> luggage space, wet bag in the back, that's it. Toothpaste, yeah. toothbrush and a pair of underpants and I'm set. So now what we're talking about is where you've got, uh, you know, a portfolio that's, if you, if you, again, if we take this back to, you know, an investment space, um, you've got something that's that's robust, that's reliable, that's got a track record of success in the case of, you know, Mercedes in your case, um, but still offers enough cachet and excitement for you. How come someone of your age that's young has got a very nice car like that? Can't hurt your dating game. Sorry to be crude about it. Not that you need any help in that space. Thanks. Look at those finely chiseled features over Thank there. Thank you. Um, but at the same time, doesn't do any harm in that space. So it sort of ticks a lot of boxes. And, and I guess from an investing point of view, that's where you've started to push out. You've got your portfolio, your core holdings that are really reliable, really dependent. And because you've got a little bit more cash to work it, you've added around that. And it's the start of really an asset allocation decision, I suppose, where you've been able to add a little bit more flavor around it. Maybe that you've got a property portfolio and in the same vein, it's nice and solid, dependable, fully let, happy days. And now you're adding a few shares and in the stock market around that as well to give you some diversification. So that's kind of how that investment journey kind of can move forward for a lot of people and, and the sort of decision-making behind it to, to that next point, yeah. I guess that's probably that the, the pinnacle when we get to someone, say, of your stage, AB, where you've mm. kind of done it all and now it's about functionality for your family. So tell us a little, about, a little bit about the fleet of cars that you have. We... Um, I think at the moment we've got eight vehicles in our house. 
I think we've got eight vehicles. Eight checked. vehicles for seven people. Well, yeah, my kids are, I've got five kids, they're seven <laughs> and under. So, although my son, he's, and plus my son's motorbike as well, and I've got a dirt bike in there as well, so we can have those in. But yeah, he's, he's, so he's riding around on his dirt bike. He's also driving a couple of my farm farm vehicles. Um, I haven't let him be loose on a car yet, but he's not far off that. So, yeah, I mean, you, that, that becomes like a diversified portfolio, if you will, where you've started to buy a vehicle in this example, or if it's a an investment decision, a portfolio of assets. Maybe you've got a property and you've piloted that into a second, third, fourth property. You've got a stock market portfolio, which may be inside super, and then you might have another one outside of super. Uh, and the approach that you're taking with each of those portfolios is slightly different. Maybe the super one is about long-term growth and dependability, your German uh, uh, underlying uh, asset, I suppose. And then around that, maybe outside of that, you've got something that's giving you a little bit more color and the ability to kind of supercharge that and have some fun. So, you know, you might have some crypto, for example, or you might have uh, some more speculative assets running around there, but the core of your holdings uh, are in lower risk positions because you've simply got older. So, you know, in our house, like, we was five kids, so got the nine-seater van, the 18 van. The Valente. Yeah. The, That's my favourite, I think. It's pretty good. It's actually leather seats. It's not bad. The air yeah. conditioning, happy days. And uh, a lot better than my first car, that's for sure. Totally. Um, yeah, and, and that's practical. It's the 18 van. We can bundle them in, drop them at school. It just works. Put the dogs to the beach, all those sorts of things. So that's all cool. Um, we've got a, what else? We've got a Land Rover. Uh, great for towing, great for on the farm. Uh, my wife loves that car too, for some reason. That's her favourite, I think. Um, and then what else? We've got, a, we've got a, a Range Rover. That's my wife's car. She wanted that. Um, um, I think it matches a handbag or something like that. So Fair enough. yeah, you got towing car um, that's for the farm and does all that. Then she's got something from, I guess, a lifestyle perspective. Good for the gram. Good for uh, the gram. And uh, and then it goes beyond there. Yeah. What have you? What are you driving? Uh, <laughs> um, today. 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 Uh, today I got my Bentley today. The V12. Uh, the V12. That's a lot of fun. Then uh, I guess that's a sort of a foot in two camps really these days because to an extent it's an exotic in that it goes like the clappers um but it's also pretty practical um you know i actually got the i, I was smart the only way i could sell that one across the line uh, at home was to say look i'm going to get a family car and i came back with that and it's a seven seater with the seven seats and fantastic so you know there you've got a portfolio of assets or a portfolio of cars and each one of them is designed to do different things depending on where you're at now um yeah and and you can have your sunday drive in there which might be a little bit more colorful in two seats you know, eat coffees and do all that which we do and and, and on it goes um, but the, the crux of it is that the stages you're out of life and, and your needs at this stage of life are radically different from I just need any car I couldn't for example, put my kids in my first car, A, they wouldn't have fit, but B, it, we wouldn't have been able to get them to school. We'd have probably broken down on the way. So reliability and safety and obviously capacity when you've got five kids is, is something that's quite um, quite important. Uh, and, and investing is just the same. And then when you see someone that perhaps is at a stage of life where they are a little bit older, and they're messing around in the in the soft top red two seater and midlife crisis, whatever you want to call it. My dad, you mean? Uh, yeah, and I've sort of been guilty of that to an extent. I don't know if it's midlife, maybe it is or not. I don't know, but you, you, you look at that and you go, okay, midlife crisis is the cliche uh, that you, you you can come out and, and, and suggest to that, which is you know possibly true. The reality is, it's a car that doesn't seem suitable for that person. 
um, yeah, it seems more suited to someone at your stage uh, uh, for the reasons that we've discussed. And in just the same way, and this ties it back to the conversation with the, the lady yesterday, some of the assets that she was buying into her portfolio, because one of the TV sets she was listening to, part of the noise in the background was talking talking, talking about this fairly speculative business. And so she's gone and added that into her portfolio. A 62-year-old lady driving around in a bright red sports car, equivalent of a trade. It's the wrong trade for her and her risk appetite. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be enjoyable. It's not practical. It's not got the reliability that you probably want and ultimately is going to end up with you well if it's an exotic car you're going to be out of pocket to an extent and that could certainly happen with shares as well so you know i know this is a sort of a, a strange sort of journey that we've been on through this particular conversation there are similar signposts all the way through and it's recognizing what your needs are and it's and it's that ability to be objective uh, about what you buy to satiate those needs whether it be in the car space or as we're talking about investing about what assets you put into your mix, because not all shares are the same, not all properties are the same, not all managed funds are the same. And it's a question of taking that time to select what really does suit your needs at a particular point in time, driven by utility, needing something for kids. You know, if my wife and I didn't have any kids, we'd have a very different range of cars, I'm sure. So you know that utility is a huge factor, but the reliability, the dependability, uh, the safety features become increasingly important as you move along the line. Early days, any car will do, any share will do, any level of risk will do, just get me started. Unfortunately, not everyone grows through those safety catches or hatches, if you will, or doorways, and you can get trapped in a particular zone. I've got a buddy of mine uh, who's who's trapped in one of those zones, not only vehicle-wise, but lifestyle-wise. He hasn't grown up and grown through that space yet, and that's his journey, not mine. I'm not going to judge him for that. He's, he seems to be... He seems to be as happy as he as he as he wants to portray what on social zone media. Is he in? Let me get me stuck. There. He's, he's in the playground still. Yeah, yeah. Which he, he probably should be out of the playground now and maybe moving moving through there, perhaps if if that's what he wants for his life. Um, and in the reality, in the reality is, you see the same thing in the investing space where oh, I've always done this. I've always bought these kinds of shares. Now remember, also there's a legacy space as well, and you might have old old faithful so let's just say you've had a car and you've had it forever and i've got a buddy of mine in his business he never sells cars he, he never ever 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 sells cars he's a fleet of them doesn't sell them he just keeps them for the kids for his staff pushes it down the line whatever and, and there are some things that perhaps you you wouldn't get rid of so remember you know you might maybe you had an uncle that left you a you know 1974 monaro i don't even know if that exists not my cup of tea that sort of car but you know you've been left a 1974 monaro and that might be something that you carry right the way through your whole life and then you're never going to sell it there's a legacy you love it you You've got an affinity to it. Uh, been a pretty good investment too, I wouldn't wonder. Sure. And you can see the same thing in a share portfolio. So someone may have picked up some stock, uh, you know, Woolies or, or Commonwealth Bank for that matter, uh, during their listing when they first hit the market. And they've kept them ever since. And there's a good reason for not selling them because the capital gains tax would be massive. So it's just something that sits in your portfolio because to sell it is prohibitive tax-wise. Yeah, you'd argue and you'd hope that, you know, hopefully you haven't got AMP in your portfolio for the same reasons. At least you've got a tax loss there uh, to maybe offset because that's been a shocker for anyone that's held that since it listed. So, you know, sometimes you can have legacy items that come on that whole journey through with you, just like shares, just like vehicles perhaps, or just like some of the trinkets in life that we pick up. You know, you think about, you know, in your house, you've got a, oh, I remember that trip when I was 15. It was the first time I'd gone overseas and I bought this and 
you know, look at it, but it's just something you can't let go of because you've got some endowment effect associated with it. It comes with you on the journey right through your life. And yeah, you could argue that too from a portfolio perspective. But I think as you move through those different stages of life, you do have to have a very, very close look at what you've got asset-wise and why you've got it. Is it for the utility, the dependability, the safety? Does it do what you actually want it to do or does it do what you used to need? And if your needs have changed, it's time to move asset. Totally. And the kicker with that is to understand how this game works. Now, we've spoken about this quite loosely and referred it to using cars, which Mm. makes it sound simple. It's not that easy to understand the nuances of when certain stages change. So to anyone out there who's maybe wondering, how do I understand what stage I'm in and what I need to do, what would you suggest? Yeah, get educated in the first instance. So, and I think part and parcel of the the learning process, as we, if we take the car example, as you've owned a few cars, you start to know what you want and what you don't want, what's important to you and what's not. Um, yeah, and you might sacrifice certain features and benefits to, to, to get what you need. Investing is just the same. Uh, so, yeah, experience is a great teacher, but experience takes an awful long time to acquire. And, 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 you don't just acquire it over time because you can keep making the same mistake over and over and over again. So that's not new experience. You're just caught in that sort of that vortex, that loop of not really growing, but just having the same thing over and over. Um, so I think, you know, experience is great, but it, it, it takes a long time to acquire. So, you know, learning from experience is good, but learning from somebody else's is even better because you can fast track it. Uh, and that's something that's crucial. You know, I look at my journey. I just mapped this out for, for a chat I've got to have with a group uh, next week. And, you know, my first share purchase was 1987. And today is 2022. There's 35 years of learning through there. And you can get the same thing. You just got to take 35 years. Maybe I was a slow learner. Uh, but you know, it's going to take you 35 years to know that. Or you can spend some time with someone that's already got that experience. And they say, look, don't buy that. It's an absolute lemon if you're talking about a car or, or the same thing for a stock for that matter. Um, you, you want to be in these kinds of stocks. And these are the reasons why. So getting educated, I think, is, is really important. Overarching all of this, I still believe even if you make a mistake, getting started is better than not starting at all and waiting for perfection. I'm, I'm not going to buy a junker. I'm just going to buy a Lambo. That's my dream car. Um, great, but that probably won't happen. You've got to start the journey first and build through it and learn along the way. Just the same way with investing. Oh, I want to have 20 investment properties. Well, that starts with number one. So let's go and buy number one, first of all. And then if you do that properly, number two will take care of itself. And and the process, the vehicle is, is, is really in play to do it. So getting started more than any single thing, get educated, talk to people you can trust, just avoid having too many sources of input because that leads to a state of confusion. And you know, with the best will in the world, there's so many distractions in the world today, Mitch, that having the bandwidth to be able to absorb all there's so much information in our game just in the narrow field that we play in um you know for anybody that's new to this it can be really overwhelming so just find that reliable source something that makes sense to you logically go yeah that kind of makes sense let's just do this let's get on with it and 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 follow that channel right the way through nice one great way to finish ab and any sage advice so thank you absolute pleasure anytime there you have it guys make sure you give us a review and a rating so we can spread the word further out there and we'll look forward to hosting you next week